0: If you listen very closely to this audio clip, you can hear bells in the background. You can hear birds chirping. But you have to be listening. You have to come close to it. And that's what we're talking about this episode. Coming close to the suffering of animals. Bearing witness. This is part two of the 2017 DXE Forum recap about the SAVE movement and sanctuaries. If you haven't heard the first episode yet, go ahead and hit pause and listen to part one about nonviolence. You're listening to The Liberationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Steven Rauch. All right, let's do this.
1: Testing. Yeah, I can see my voice making those. Uh, yeah. I can see the waves.
0: So, this is Anita Kreins.
1: It's Kreins, rhymes with Heinz ketchup. And how do you say your name?
0: Uh, yeah, that's another one that, that people never know how to say. It's uh, Rauch, rhymes with um, house, sort of. Anita is a person who needs no introduction because she is known all over the world for this.
1: Can you give this guy some water? God, put water in there said if you're thirsty give them water no, if you're homeless, you know what these are not these are not humans you you know what now we're going to call have the cops have some compassion have some compassion let's call
0: the cops have some back in the summer of 2015 Anita gave water to thirsty pigs who were inside of a truck headed for Fearman's slaughterhouse which as an aside is quite possibly one of the most appropriate names I've ever heard for a slaughterhouse but anyway Anita was arrested for giving water to the pigs because she was quote-unquote tampering with property. Anita said she was doing what any good person would do, helping an animal in need. The trial gained massive amounts of attention and press internationally, with activists packing the courtrooms as never before in support of Anita, and the case was finally resolved just last month in May, with the judge finding Anita not guilty of any crime. Compassion won. Anita is now somewhat of a celebrity among activists. In case you couldn't hear it, the first words Anita says after her standing ovation at the forum were... I'm Just an Ordinary Person. She's an incredibly humble and passionate individual, concerned above all about doing what is right, what is just. And I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with her for the podcast.
1: So it's not live.
0: <laughs> not live, yeah. You don't have to, you don't okay, have to worry about it. Okay,
1: good. That. My name is Anita. I co-founded uh, Toronto Pig Save about six and a half years ago. And I started out with three vigils a week since July, 2011. And since then our group has expanded a lot and there's also 150 SAVE groups worldwide comprising the SAVE movement.
0: Can you give us just like a little bit of a history of the SAVE movement? I mean, you know, you founding Toronto Pig Save, that really kicked off the whole SAVE movement, didn't it?
1: Yes, I mean, it's, what we did was use the simple strategy of bearing witness. That means like being present for animals in front of slaughterhouses or on transport truck routes. And it started when I adopted Mr. Bean, a dog, and I was. we would walk on Lakeshore and see the transport trucks carrying pigs to a downtown Toronto slaughterhouse. And I had never seen pigs looking out from the portholes and trucks before. And it was just... It was incredible to see their 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 pleading and sort of frightened frightened faces, and that sort of sparked the origins of Toronto Pig Safe. I remember when we were first planning to start it, we had to come up with a name, and I was sort of I was thinking like you know shut down slaughterhouses and all that, and one of my good friends Alicia said. Toronto Pig Save. And I as soon as she said it, I thought that was a great name. It's very positive and inviting. And the idea of save saving is so, it, it rings true to what we're doing. So we want to save animals. We want to, you know, save the environment, save people's conscience. And what's really good about the name is it's very adaptable. So, like, there's, like, a, a Manchester pig save. There's an L.A. animal save. There's a Huron turkey save. So it's, a, it's a just easy to sort of have a name that's local, yet it's part of a global movement.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like the animal advocacy movement in general sometimes does get very focused on stopping the negative instead of building the positive. And I I like what you said about, you know, save is a very positive Word, you know, saving animals, saving lives, as opposed to stopping something, uh, but which also we want to do, obviously.
1: Yeah. And just on that note, um, it's also something that's very non judgmental. So, like, one of our inspirations is Leo Tolstoy and um, Mahatma Gandhi. And they use the love based approach in their organizing, which is non judgmental. So, Tolstoy would like to quote the Bible, one phrase in the Bible saying, you know, I didn't come here to judge, but to save. And and th- those are very two very different approaches, you know, sort of very judgmental, angry approach, versus a love based approach, which is very inclusive and inviting, and tries to develop approach which is solutions oriented. So you know we're trying to convince everyone that they need to you know go vegan, bear witness, become activists, and it's it's not an us versus them situation. And Gandhi never used the word enemies; he would talk about opponents. And he would always appeal to them first, using moral arguments, before sort of going the next stage and you know using non-cooperation with evil and civil disobedience and escalating the campaign.
0: I would love to ask you a little bit actually about your influences, and I know that every time that I've that I've seen you speak at the DxE forum and then at last year's animal rights conference, you have brought up Tolstoy and. It seems like Tolstoy's influence has had a big impact on your life and thus on the Save movement as well. Could you talk a little bit about that influence and maybe the other biggest influences in your life and and what's gotten you to where you are today?
1: Yes, I think um, Leo Tolstoy has so much to offer. Like Once you delve into his works, particularly his works after he had this spiritual awakening in the 1880s, can add so much to animal rights philosophy and practice. And just to give you one idea, like Gandhi had read Tolstoy's book, The Kingdom of God is Within You, when he was in South Africa in 1893. And that influenced his decision to pursue nonviolence as a a strategy. So that book is all about love and nonviolence. And we found a really amazing quote in Tolstoy's book, A Calendar Wisdom on Bearing Witness, specifically as it applies to animals. He said, you know, when when the suffering of another creature causes you to feel pain, don't succumb to the initial desire to flee from the suffering one, but on the contrary, come closer, as close as you can, and try to help. And I just think that sort of captures exactly what Bearing Witness is. You know, don't look away, but come close and help. And, you know, in terms of the work that we do in the SAVE movement, um, we just bear witness in a partial way because we're not helping the animals the way they want to be helped as in they want to be freed from their situation and only rarely do we rescue the animals and so it's a partial form but it's better than looking away so you know just by being present we're, we're, we're t- telling their story we're trying to offer some comfort in the few moments that we're there but we're also taking photographs and video and sharing it with the world and trying to help people to Go vegan and also become activists. And the other thing that it has been doing is like just by people being there, they become better activists because it's so such a profound experience to see these suffering animals. And Leo Tolstoy has written a lot about love and truth and nonviolence, and and it really applies. To the work that we do, because being at a slaughterhouse is really difficult, and it's it's easy to get angry at slaughterhouse workers and and all the violence. And just by reading them, it's like you can get grounded, and I think it's really helped our movement. And just being very strong and being there repeatedly, because we do like weekly vigils. And if we had used an angry approach, or you know, if we expressed hatred towards. Slaughterhouse workers, I don't think we could have we would have been able to sustain a movement six and a half years later. Our group, Toronto Pig Save, has been doing like three vigils a week. And using this love-based approach, we've had success in expanding the movement, you know, having people take our literature and, and offer support. And we've also had some success in, you know, talking to workers and having them share information with us that we've been able to use in our campaigns.
0: Right. Well, I I just wanted to let you know that I've added a lot of Tolstoy to my reading list, and I'm I'm slowly getting around to it. So, uh, j- I think solely from your your influence alone.
1: Which books have you started? Which books have you ordered? Uh,
0: so I know that the the Kingdom of God is within you is one that you have uh, referenced several times, and so that one is is definitely on my list.
1: Okay. I yeah I'd recommend a calendar of wisdom. It just it has quotes for every day of the year and. Um, that, that, that's the book that includes the quote on uh, bearing witness, and it includes like um, sayings from other sages and r- religions, so like Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, um, Islam, just all the different religions, and it just takes, he was only interested in the highest ethical principles of all religions, so he himself never identified, at least towards the end of his life, with any particular religion, he was only interested in the ethical concepts. And they tended to be ones that involve like like love, love thy neighbor, turn the other cheek, the golden rule, things like that.
0: Right. Well, I know that everyone at the DXE forum got to hear the announcement that uh, that DXE and the Save Movement are going to be working together much more in the future, which is incredibly exciting. Um, and I wanted to ask you, how did that come about, and how do you see that relationship unfolding?
1: I think. It came about over time because um, in Toronto, DXC Toronto and Toronto Pig Safe have worked closely together for, I'd say, a couple of years already. A lot of our activists are members of both groups. DXC organizers help us at all-day vigils. Um, They help us with safety, with organizing. So we, we also attend a lot of DXC events. We also do a lot of joint work. We jointly sponsor some of the actions that we do, for example, we're doing uh, a number of events uh, after the March to close down all slaughterhouses this coming weekend and basically they're joint events. Um, so are just our, our work is very similar. Like we bear witness at slaughterhouses and DXC has done phenomenal work at supermarkets and restaurants uh, sort of on the other end when the animals are, you know, turned into to flesh and, and protest that and, I think our approaches are just slightly different in terms of the way we apply love-based activism, but our similarities are are huge. So I just think it was a natural partnership. And we, when we went to the DXC forum, we were just so impressed by the level of organization and the fact that every day there was, was uh, training and then actions that were based on you know the training that we did that day and each day had one or more actions and so i've never been to a co- a better conference than that and so we were really we are really excited about the potential for collaborating on an even greater level and i think that's possible and we've talked about things like collaborating on a compassionate cities project where we ask the entire city to bear witness and we ask the city city to adopt an animal bill of rights. And I think by joining forces, as we did to some degree at this forum in 2017, we can expand the size of the protests. And next year in 2018, I, I believe that, you know, we'll have thousands of people at the forum and we'll do everything we can to mobilize the different safe groups around the world to attend this forum.
0: Right. And I, I don't think that anyone came away from the forum unmoved. And I like what you said about this natural collaboration between the SAVE movement and DXC, because I I know that in the past year, DXC is, has really put a lot of focus on sanctuaries and on open rescue. And then there's the protest and the disruption aspect. And so it's very natural then that that the SAVE movement with vigils and bearing witness completely closes a gap in what activists are actually seeing and what they're experiencing and what parts of the animals' lives we're actually um, getting to be there for.
1: Right. And I see like the collaboration improving the SAVE and DXC's actions in two ways. So one is doing vigils at slaughterhouses makes our activism very animal-centric. So we see the animals, we see the animal victims, and I think that's really important for activists to connect with. and. We do occasional rescues at slaughterhouses. So I see you know our collaboration working well on that end. And then on the other end, which DXC has done for years, is campaigns in supermarkets and restaurants, and also political campaigns. That's something that the Save movement needs to do more of. And we just started doing something called Live Witness, where we show footage from a vigil in front of. A supermarket. So we we show the animals that are going to slaughter in Toronto, uh, in the northwest part of the city, in front of a supermarket in downtown Toronto, and saying, you know, these are the animals that are, end up in packages, you know, the next day or two. So we've only started to do those kind of corporate campaigns, and DXE has so much experience. So, you know, by partnering, we have now focused more on political campaigns. So we, you know, we want to do a joint city campaign in Toronto as well, in addition to, you know, San Francisco. And we also think that at vigils, we could make them more political. So we were thinking like one vigil a month, we could ask everyone to write to a politician and include a photo of an animal that they witnessed going to slaughter. So I I think it can improve both, both groups in terms of the kind of activism we do.
0: Right. And I, I know that DXC has done some of the great political work, like you mentioned, in uh, in Berkeley and in the Bay in general, just to get maybe to get people excited a little bit for next year's forum. Um, next year's forum is going to be the DXE and Save Forum. And how many how many save groups are there around the world? How many people from the save movement could you imagine coming and collaborating with DXE next year?
1: So. Presently, we have 152 safe groups, and the number of groups has has been growing exponentially. So, at the beginning of 2016, uh, we had um, 50, and at the beginning of 2017, we had 100. And so, we're not uh, now. We already have 152. So, by the end of the year, we'll have more than 200. And um, I think from Toronto, we're going to mobilize uh, dozens. Uh, including from the DXE community because it's very strong here. and um, worldwide we've already been mobilizing people uh, for the forum. and we're gonna we're gonna put a conscious effort in terms of asking people to register. So I believe we'll we'll have hundreds of people from save groups attending. So yeah, I'm pretty confident we could you know meet that target that Wayne has set, which is you know 2000.
0: Oh, is that was that target two thousand? I heard one thousand, but I'm also happy to get on board with two thousand.
1: <laughs> I I think he said like naturally it would be like doubling, but given that it's more than doubled each time, that you know it might reach two thousand.
0: You know, I say let's uh, let's aim for it. Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit uh, just about your impression of the forum and what some of your favorite parts of it were and uh and you, you can't say your talks or the panel that you are on because that's cheating so what what were some of your favorite parts of the forum like what are you really taking away from it
1: i liked uh, every single day i went for six days and my my main regret is i didn't go the first day for the open rescue training so as soon as i arrived there was like a non-violence training and i absolutely loved the fact that there was a whole day devoted to it and it was very practical so we like we were framing an issue and talking about, like, how do you frame an issue so that you can get more people involved? So not not just attract vegans, but the larger community. And then we did, what I liked is how we did practical training. So like, even in the training sessions, like we broke into small groups and worked together and, and came up with ideas that would be relevant in a real campaign. And then every day we did an action. And that's something that really, really impressed me. And some days we did two actions. And the, in the week long forum, we did two long marches. I love, I love the way the marches turned out. And it wasn't, we didn't just do a march. Like we, first of all, we went to the pier and did a die-in and that was really well orchestrated. And then we did a long march and then another disruption. So like every action was like so well planned out. And then the second march was incredible. Like we actually went to a live market and, activists, DXC activists uh, did an open rescue of like six hands. And then it didn't stop there. We then marched to City Hall, which was many miles away. So I love the two marches. Another highlight was the fact that we did something like 25 DXC disruptions all at one time. in the city.
0: So this was part of an action called Disrupt Berkeley and there were like 20 groups of us that all planned our own actions and then went out into the city at about the same time to do these actions and these disruptions. I still don't think Berkeley knew what hit it.
1: I mean so we did a disruption in like a fancy restaurant and I was in Wayne's group so it was a real privilege to like hear him do a speak out and then there were three other activists some of them a couple of them were um Save activists who had also have, have have their own micro sanctuaries. So they spoke about their own stories about rescuing lambs and and uh, and a ch- chicken, a rooster rather. And uh, it was such a powerful disruption in the restaurant. And then when we left to do a debrief, there was another DXC group that passed by, and then another, and then another, and I just thought, wow, like we're really influencing this city. And yeah, it, was, it was wonderful.
0: I just love that you can hear how excited Anita is getting talking about all of the actions that we were doing. And that happens with so many people. People get so inspired by taking action that actually matters and actually doing something. And honestly, that is one of the core strengths about DxE that I don't think a lot of people mention too often, and that's just excitement. People are excited to meet other activists, to be part of this network of activists, and to be taking these strong actions. And that excitement, although it's not easily quantifiable, is so hugely important. So, you know, for you, next time that you're sitting around and maybe you're wondering, why aren't people in my community getting excited about animal rights or like, why, why don't people care? Maybe ask yourself, are we doing things that are getting people excited? Are the kinds of actions that we're taking things that get people all jazzed up, all riled up, wanting to join, wanting to contribute? Because those are the kinds of things that you need if you're going to grow a movement that is made up of people.
1: And then I really like the media training workshop and then I also went to a recruitment one. And then uh, Wayne's talk, as always, is like very inspiring. And there was a conflict resolution panel and then went on taking the pledge. And then we even did a vigil, which was so wonderful. We did, you know, we went to Pentaluma Slaughterhouse. Ernesto sang the liberation song. We didn't see any trucks that day. But, you know, what's incredible is that the next the following weekend, Lucas and Alicia uh, helped organize a vigil there. And there was a great attendance and they actually bore witness to chickens. So, I mean, the whole experience was so profound and it's, you know, it's influencing us every single day after leaving the forum. So every single day we're talking about the things we learned. So like we're actually implementing the working group model now at the Save movement as a result of our experience at the forum. And I talk to people all the time about how great the forum is and encourage them to go. Yeah, I feel it was one week, but it's still like influencing us like every single day.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I might be able to measure my life in uh, in pre forum and post forum. Now I feel like that was <laughs> maybe a major turning point. Like like I said, I don't I don't think that anyone came away unmoved and uninspired. And I would I've been trying to break it down ever since and and just understand like why why was it such an incredible experience? And I think I think you brought up the main points. It was the the practical the practical trainings and the, the intense nonviolent actions, and then the strong sense of community, you know, so we have this just incredibly strong community through nonviolent action. It's not a passive community. It's not, we're not just sitting around talking about things, but we're actually going out there doing protests, holding vigils, uh, getting real training. And, and I've been, you know, impacted every single day coming back as well. So that's, that's great to hear that, that you and uh and Toronto have been too.
1: Right. And I, I just think people were so friendly at the forum and they're so kind. Like I think Berkeley has an amazing community and they were so welcoming. And I also like the artistic component, like at um or disruption on the day we did the nonviolence training when we went to the mall. It was and then we went to the square and there was this incredible performance, sort of like a speak out involving poetry and then music it was it was like theater it was like the most beautiful theater to me protest art is the highest form of art because it's like what we need in this world right now and it was so beautifully done and so that that's something i'll always remember and and just the way the song played a big role throughout the week and and sort of art
0: yeah, I have to say, I was I was very skeptical of the role of music in the animal rights movement until this forum, and I came away just completely, just one eighty on that. Um, the The music was absolutely beautiful. It was inspiring. The song that we sang after the daylight open rescue was heartbreaking, and every I mean, everybody was crying because of the connection between our real life there in that moment and and the lyrics. It was incredible,
1: and it was amazing to hear Ernesto sing. The song that he wrote, the, the liberation song.
0: Yeah. That was amazing. Well, I think we uh we might we might be running up on time here. I wanted to ask you if just if you have anything else to say to our listeners, any other inspiration, or if people want to start a save chapter or or anything like that. Any of your final thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh as a result of the form, a number of groups, a number of new saves have started and I think find that's incredible. Like, there's the Bay Area Animal Save, and they're already planning their second vigil post forum. So they're very active. There are a number of other groups that are starting because of that. We met a Ukraine an activist from the Ukraine who's going to start a DxC and a Save in Kiev. We met other activists from Pennsylvania who are going to start a group. And I mean, there's there's so many repercussions from the forum. I mean conferences are not something i usually like look forward to or you know something you know something that i want to do for a whole week but the forum is an exception to that because it perfectly combines theory practice training and activism and a lot of credit goes out to the or- the key organizers but you know everyone who participated like people were just like so incredibly dedicated and kind and welcoming. And I just have a lot of hope for the future of DXE and Save Activism and just building the movement into a huge mass-based movement. And I think something really special is happening in Berkeley, and I just hope that that will spread to many other cities and places, you know, from Colorado to Toronto to the Ukraine and so forth.
0: That was Anita Kreintz, co-founder of the Save movement, and a wonderful, incredibly inspiring individual. So I thought this might be the perfect place to include a little clip from the talent show from this year's forum, a little cover song called Berkeley, California, and you can just imagine us all swaying side to side, holding lighters in the air. So the SAVE movement is about bearing witness to the suffering of animals and trying to save them when we can. And we're working toward the day when we can save every single animal from the slaughterhouse. So the natural next question is, where do these individuals go when they're brought out of these horrific conditions? And the answer is, they go to sanctuaries and micro-sanctuaries.
2: So I'm Rachel Hip. I live in the greater Grand Rapids, Michigan area. For DXC, I work on the blog, metrics, and global animal care working groups.
0: Did, did you actually, did you start the micro sanctuary movement?
2: No, actually, um, I was one of the early followers of the micro sanctuary movement. So then when they went for 501c3 status, like I became one of the boor- original board members. So uh, right now I'm serving as the president of the board of directors.
0: Awesome. How long have you been in DXC? How long have you been connected with DXC?
2: So I first got involved with DXC after the Animal Rights Conference and a little bit before the Animal Rights Conference in the summer of 2015.
0: Awesome. Did you just meet some of the DXC people at the conference and you were like, hey, this is cool. I should check out what they're doing.
2: No. So actually, um, I heard Wayne speak at the National Animal Rights Conference in 2014. And prior to that, I was not aware of DXC at all or didn't know anything about them. And after I heard Wayne speak at that conference, his arguments and the information that he presented was just extremely compelling he presented next to um, another you know organizer that I felt um, you know that his his uh, talk was just very compelling so after 2014 I started researching more online looking at different videos that DXE was putting out there different content and just kind of started following their work for the next year so I was definitely very interested but I live in a very um, I guess you could say conservative area so I wasn't sure if that type of activism would work for me. But then once I went to the conference again in 2015 and participated in a very large action and got to know a lot of the activists, I was pretty much sold on DXE and the community that they were trying to create.
0: What would you say, as far as that experience, you know, being in that big action and then meeting a lot of people, can you can you identify a moment when you were like, hey, I should, I should get involved in this? Like what was the Which part of it? Was it the action? Was it the activists? Was it just kind of the whole combination of everything rolled into one?
2: Yeah, there was multiple factors. I mean, I think that the people themselves that are a part of DXE are just extremely friendly, warm, outgoing. So that really motivated me to want to stick around and work with these people. But also just doing the action was extremely empowering. We went into a Whole Foods with over 100 people, had four different, very strong female speakers give speakouts during that action. And then after the action, we did a march all the way to the White House. And that was just super inspiring for me. I mean, just thinking about how at that action, there was only 100 people. But you know, in 20 years from now, there could be 1000s of people doing a similar kind of action. And it just made the animal rights movement to me feel more real, like a real political and social justice movement. And prior to that, I really didn't believe that we would ever achieve total animal liberation. And so after I got to know people in DXC, I actually started opening my mind to the possibility that we could win.
0: That's awesome. And that's that was one of the reasons why I got involved in DXC as well was that sense that, hey, th- this is actually a movement. You know, we are we are a movement of people who are going to make real social and, and political change, uh, which, like you, I don't think that I had really felt before deeply. Exactly. Um, so we just got done with with the uh, the 2017 DXC forum just a couple weeks back. What was the most impactful part of the forum for you? What what had the greatest impact on you this year?
2: I think for me, it was just the people in the community and just having the chance to be around like over 500 people that all believe the same thing, and that we all are working towards the same goal. And we believe that it's actually obtainable. So for me, it was just, you know, community, by far. And then also, you know, the really empowering actions that we did at forum were extremely impactful to me as well, especially on the last day when we did the open rescue.
0: Were you at the DXC forum last year? Do you have any kind of comparison from prior forums?
2: I was not. So this was actually my very first year at the DXC forum and I was just blown away. Like I knew it was going to be good, but I just did not imagine like how impactful and empowering it was going to be for me.
0: You also, you do a lot of work with the micro sanctuary movement. Do you, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So, um, my work with the micro sanctuary movement actually, um, precedes a little bit my work with DXC. Um, so right around the time, um, I became vegan, like within the first year of being vegan, I really was looking for ways that I could do more. And I got connected with other people that were rescuing formerly farmed animals. Um, My husband had been volunteering with a wildlife rehabber who also rescued some farm animals as well. And so we were starting to develop an interest in possibly adopting some of these animals ourselves. And so we got connected with other people that were doing the same kind of work, and they called what they were doing the micro-sanctuary movement. So from that, just being a really early follower of the work of the micro movement, I'm now serving as the president of the board of directors for them, and I pretty much want to talk to everybody that I possibly can about adopting formerly farmed animals and starting a micro sanctuary. So that's one of my big goals.
0: And you must know Hana from, uh, from the Colorado chapter then where I live.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So HANA is also serving as a board member for the micro sanctuary movement. So they're very important to the micro sanctuary movement and are actually starting a micro sanctuary movement out in Colorado specifically and making a lot of headway out there on uh, the work that we need to be doing all across the country and world.
0: Yeah, I know that HANA has been working incredibly hard to get the micro sanctuary movement, uh, a local presence here in Colorado and building relationships with sanctuaries and talking with people about you know, here's how you could adopt a chicken, and here's how you can live with chickens, um, even if you're in an apartment and things like that. So it's super important. So you know, the the DXC forum this year, there was the big reveal that that uh, that direct action everywhere and the save movement are going to be working much more closely going forward. Um, the micro sanctuary movement is also integral to to the work that DXC does with open rescues and having these close relationships with sanctuaries. How do you see these? These three different aspects all all playing off of each other and all working together.
2: Well, I mean, for me, I think that the micro sanctuary movement is going to be extremely critical for all of these grassroots organizations and our long term goals. Um, I believe that every activist should have basic animal care skills. And the reason for that is because with activists, with open rescuers, we're going to come across situations where animals need critical care. And so we should all be working to develop these basic animal care skills by volunteering at other sanctuaries, by working at micro sanctuaries, by adopting and fostering farm animals ourselves, so that we all have these skills that we're going to need if our eventual goal is total animal liberation. We need to know how to care for animals. It's extremely important.
0: So if someone is listening right now and, like, they, they want to get started learning animal care skills and, and they just have no idea where to get started or maybe they're not even convinced that they need to get started, wh- where would you point them to? Like, how can someone take the first steps?
2: Well... There's multiple different resources that someone could use. Um, They can email us first at animalcare at directactioneverywhere.com. They can go to the Microsanctuary Movement's webpage, which is microsanctuarymovement.org. They also might consider joining one of our Facebook groups for the Microsanctuary Movement, which are Vegans with Chickens. Um, That's a Facebook group that anyone can join who might be thinking about getting or adopting chickens in the future. Also, there's another Facebook group called the Micro Sanctuary Movement that can also be a great resource for people caring for animals of all species. I think one of the most important things also is just developing relationships with people that do this work who you respect and who know more than you do, and also finding mentors. So reaching out to somebody that you know that runs a local sanctuary and asking to get really involved as a volunteer there is a great way to develop a mentoring mentoring relationship. If you don't live close to somebody like that, developing these relationships online is also a very real possibility, and that's how I've met the majority of my mentors personally. So,
0: Transitioning back to talking about the forum a little bit, uh could you describe maybe just one moment from the forum that really sticks out to you?
2: I don't know. I it's really hard to narrow it down to one moment because I felt very empowered when we were doing those, you know, big marches with hundreds of people, you know, blocking the streets. Like that was extremely empowering for me. But I would have to say that if I had to narrow it down to one single moment, it would probably be when I was watching Hana low carry out those chickens from that slaughterhouse on Tuesday morning. That was extremely empowering to me. And seeing somebody that really promotes micro sanctuaries and promotes animal care being a key leader in that action was just very empowering and inspiring to see that. And I hope that Hannah continues to inspire um, more people in the network and outside of the network to do those kind of radical actions.
0: Yeah, I know that those were some of the most impactful moments, I think, for for everyone who was attending the forum and some of the most powerful images and video as well that came out of the forum um, that have been floating around Facebook. Uh just I- incredibly powerful images. If you if you were to to bring back, you know, you know, a lot of the DXC forum was about the experience and it's about developing activists and it's about the the trainings and, and the the actions that we do. Um, and a lot of it's about growth and being better for the next year before the next forum. If you were to communicate just like one or two things um, about how either you personally grew or just ideas that you're bringing back with you from the forum that you're going to use to, to be a better person, a better activist over the next year, what would those things be?
2: There's so many different things that I feel like I learned. I mean, there was so many breakout sessions. I attended all of them. You know, I didn't skip anything. So I was at every single thing that happened during the forum. Um, But I think that the main thing that I'd want to bring back locally is just that passion and like to just let people know like how amazing this event was and how inspiring it was because I want other people locally and people that are not involved in activist communities to feel the same kind of passion for taking urgent action. So that would be the number one thing I'd want to bring back, but also just inspiring others to learn more about animal care, you know, and take a closer look at the micro sanctuary movement and what they can do to get involved, if not adopting animals right now, possibly fostering or volunteering more than they currently are.
0: That's one of the beautiful things about the DXC forum for me too, is how the animals were really front and center for a lot of it. You know, there was, uh, there were the, the presentations about, about why sanctuaries are important and how to start a micro sanctuary and like why you should be volunteering at sanctuaries. There was the vigil where we went to the, the slaughterhouse and we were going to be there to, to bear witness to the animals. Um, There were the sanctuary volunteer days. Uh, There was the, the daylight open rescue where, you know, Hannah and, and Wayne and others rescued six individuals from the slaughterhouse. The animals were very front and center throughout the, the whole forum, which is amazing. And it's, It's so important.
2: Yeah, so important. I
0: agree. Do you have just any other closing thoughts or ideas or anything you want to say?
2: I guess my, my only other thought is that I am just so excited for Forum 2018 because I cannot imagine it getting any better than it was this year. And from what I've heard from all the other activists is that it gets better every single year. So the expectations are high. But at the same time, I think that it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to double the amount of people that we brought this year. I already have two personal associates and friends who have committed one from the micro sanctuary movement and one locally that are extremely interested. One's already pre-registered so i think just you know keeping the energy up throughout the year and utilizing it to like increase our own productivity and continue to keep each other inspired and avoiding burnout as much as we possibly can and um, just you know being kind to ourselves and each other
0: you might recognize this song from the opening of the last podcast That audio, from the previous podcast, was recorded in the big meeting hall where much of the forum was held. This audio is different. The song you're hearing now was recorded at about 10pm on a Sunday night, with around 200 activists holding a vigil outside of a chicken slaughterhouse in Petaluma, California. We're singing a song about being happy, safe, and free. Literally a couple hundred feet away from where countless individuals lose their lives. The feeling in the air was palpable. I think you can hear it in our voices. If you open up your mind, you'll find you in your heart, and you'll know we all want the same.
2: to be
0: free that's it for the liberationist podcast this week I'm your host Stephen Rauch see you next week